are finishing up September's talks. This is the last talk of the month. And remember the theme for September was facing the fear. So that's what it's been about all month long. We started off with F everything and run, right? Which was F-E-A-R, fear, right? Forget everything and run. And, and that's where we started it, right? Fear, F-E-A-R, get it? Okay, so that's where we began. And we are ending up here today, face everything and rise, which is also F-E-A-R, get it? Isn't that clever? Oh my gosh. Anyway, so that's what we're talking about today because that's what we do on this spiritual path of ours, isn't it? We face everything and rise. We don't run from it. We lean in and we go through. When something is challenging to us, when fear is up, when uncertainty and doubt, um, that's what we do. We hang in there, we lean in, we go through it. We don't stick our heads in the sand. We do not deny the facts. Ernest Holmes said, you know, you don't deny the facts. We lean in, we go beyond, and we see the truth as we are dealing with the facts. That's really what our path is, right? And then when we go within, in prayer and meditation, that's where we turn away from the physical world. When we go into prayer, we immerse ourselves in the truth of our being, in the truth of our oneness, in the truth of our wholeness. That is when we absolutely turn away from the condition, when we go to prayer. Ernest Holmes said this in the Science of Mind textbook. We are practicing scientifically when the mind refuses to see the apparent condition and turns to the absolute. A scientific treatment, which is, of course, his terminology for affirmative prayer. We know this, right? A scientific treatment cannot be conditioned upon anything that now exists, upon any experience less than perfection. In treatment, we turn entirely from the relative, entirely away from what appears to be. So that is the time for us to absolutely turn our backs on the condition, is when we go to prayer. That's what we do. We deal with the condition when we are in the reality of the condition, when we are in the everyday life, but we deal in the absolute when we go to prayer. We don't simply turn from the condition and go, la, 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 you know, I'm not here and it's not hot. You know, that's the metaphysician in hell, right? La, 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 stick your fingers in your ear and say, I'm not here and it's not hot. <laughs> that's, the, that's putting this smiley face sticker over the check engine light when it comes on, right? I'm just going to ignore the facts, la, la, la. I know God is all good, la, la, la. That's not what we are taught to do. That is the spiritual bypass. That's the absolute definition of the spiritual bypass. Just pretending the facts are not happening all around you and saying, la, 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 I'm not here. No, Ernest Holmes said, we don't deny the facts. We deal with the facts. We do not deny the condition. We deal with the condition, but we go to the truth. In prayer, we go to the absolute, in meditation. Remember the teaching symbol, right? The circle uh, with the V and the three aspects of God, right? We, we don't, if you remember the teaching symbol, we don't argue with the point, right? When the V comes down into the point of manifestation in the physical world, we don't argue with the manifestation. That is not the place to be. We, you know, we don't stand around saying, well, this shouldn't be happening. You know, this should not be happening. But it is. 
It is the physical condition. So we need to deal with the physical condition, but, it, but part of dealing with the physical condition is, is looking beyond it, looking beyond the physical condition to the truth that wants to be revealed, to the truth that wants to make itself known through whatever condition that is. Remember, going back to that quote that Ernest Holmes said, a scientific treatment, that affirmative prayer, cannot be conditioned on anything else that now exists. Cannot be conditioned by anything else that now exists. That means that we, we, we can't imagine what already is. Right? We cannot imagine what already is. We must be a greater consciousness to allow something greater to come into manifestation. We have to have a greater vision for what spirit has in mind. There are infinite patterns in spirit that can flow through us into being, but we have to be the place. We have to be receptive. We have to be that place of unconditional love and receptivity for spirit to flow into being something maybe that has never been before. Maybe something that you've never thought of before. Maybe some, some idea that's just never, ever been manifest before. Remember what Thomas Troward said, principle is not bound by precedent, which means that spirit can create anything. And it is not bound by, or it's not held up by, or it's not limited by anything that it has produced before. Spirit is free to manifest in, in infinite ways. So there are an infinite number of ways any challenge that we might be having can be resolved. And spirit is never, ever caught up in anything that it has already created, right? So the answered Prayer, the thing you're going to prayer for, the answered prayer may be something you've never seen before, never experienced before, maybe even never even knew existed before, and maybe it never did exist before, because spirit is infinite intelligence. So it is free to create from that infinite uh, intelligence what it will manifest next in our lives. The answered prayer may be something entirely new and different, you know? I love that um, Buckminster Fuller quote that says, you never change reality by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. So we never fight against things. We create something new that makes whatever it is we're dealing with totally obsolete. And you know, that's, that's what we welcome when we go to prayer. That wonderful, beautiful, something new that has never existed before, desiring to make itself known through us. And that's what we become. We become that welcome. You know, Ernest Holmes said, we don't make things happen, we make them welcome. Because what we know is that spirit is infinite, and spirit's manifestations are infinite. So we, we can't say, oh, I just want this, or I just want that. You know, I don't, I don't want to get specific about my prayer work. I just want the good to flow through us into manifestation. And it is infinite good, and it might be good we don't even know about. We may not know what the answer to that prayer is when we're praying it, but we know spirit does. 
We absolutely know, you know, that spirit knows. And it's okay if we don't know. It's okay. I usually, I usually say in prayer, you know, that, that um, we're only, we're, you know, as far as spirit is concerned, we're on a need-to-know basis. And most of the time, we don't need to know. We just don't. We just allow ourselves to be those clear and open vessels through which spirit can flow, changing the conditions around us. But we don't manifest those desires. We don't become that, that clear and open and loving vessel through which spirit can flow by fighting against something, by fighting against an existing reality. We manifest by welcoming in limitless possibility. And that's how we create this in- incredible receptivity through which spirit can flow. You know, and, and here's the thing. Because we are in the physical world, we can see a condition. We can behold a condition in dismay, right? And we can behold a, a condition in despair. And we see that as a condition, right? It is not representing the best of us. It's not representing the highest and best for humanity. We can see that. And we can know that we can do better. But we don't do it by fighting against it. We know that locks the condition in place, don't we? I mean, haven't we heard that for years and years? Come on, we've been around the metaphysical block a few times. We know that, what is that old expression? What you resist persists, right? It's an oldie, but a goodie and a true one. What we resist persists. So we don't manifest change by fighting against the very thing we want changed. You know, the end of that, that expression, what you resist persists, says what you embrace you can transform. That's the whole saying right? What you resist persists, but what you embrace, you can transform. And that's where we need to put our energy, what we can embrace. Now, and by the word embrace, I'm not talking about loving it. You don't have to love the condition. What I'm talking about, the word embrace, what I'm saying is that acknowledge. It is the acknowledgement of this is what's happening. This is the reality of what's happening. That's what I'm meaning when I'm saying embracing. You're just embracing it, meaning I'm embracing the, you know, acknowledging that this is what's going on, that these are the facts, right? These are the facts, but without, without attachment to it. Then we are free to transform it because we're not in the energy of hate. We're not in the energy of resistance. We're not in the energy of anger because that's not going to create anything great for you except more anger and more resentment and more hatred, right? When we are filled with the, the resistance, with the fighting, with the negative energy of, not, of wanting, you know, something different, we are not filled with the energy of limitless potential, of what we desire, of what we want to move forward. We want to move towards something. We want to move towards something new. We want, we want something maybe that has never existed before, Right? Going back to that, that Fuller quote, you cannot, you cannot create something different, right? Without, without creating something different. You have to, you, you can't fight against a, an existing reality. You create something new that absolutely makes the existing reality obsolete. So we move towards something. Maybe something that has never existed before. Maybe something that you don't even know. But you make yourself this this instrument through which spirit can flow, creating new conditions around us. And all of that begins in prayer. And Ernest Holmes said, um, affirmative prayer, he called treatment, right? Affirmative prayer opens up avenues of thought, expands the consciousness, and lets reality through. It clarifies the mentality. 
removes obstruction of thought and lets in the light. It removes doubt and fear. In the realization of the presence of spirit, it is necessary while we are confronted by obstructions and obstacles. We already live in a perfect universe, but it needs to be seen mentally before it can become part of our experience. Every problem is primarily mental, and the answer to all problems are found in spiritual realization. Everything is done in mind. Everything is done in mind, and then it shows up in the physical world, right? What we know <clears throat> is that the world of effects, the conditions, what we live in, is the last link in the chain of manifestation. What we know is that everything begins in mind. It is the thought that outpictures as a thing. And as we choose to live in the presence of spirit all the time, like Ernest Holmes said, it is necessary to live in the presence of spirit, especially when confronted with obstacles or obstructions, to stay in that realization of the presence. So what does that mean? To stay in the realization of the presence is when you are confronted with the condition. Like he said, don't deny the condition. Don't stick your head in the sand like an ostrich and go, la, 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 I'm not here. Right? When confronted with the condition, you go to that place within yourself. You go to that peaceful place. You go to that place where your spiritual practice brings you all the time. It's like, it's like being on a, on a boat in a storm. But when the anchor is thrown out and the anchor is all the way down at the bottom, it's peaceful down there. Right? Where the anchor is, there is no storm. Where the anchor is at the bottom of, of the water... It's peaceful and calm, and that is what your spiritual practice does. It brings you down below the surface where, you know, the storm may be raging and the wind is howling and, and the boat is being tossed about, but when you follow that anchor chain all the way down to the bottom, that is where the peace lies. That's where it's still. That's where it's calm. And that's what our spiritual practice does for us. It allows us to deepen into whatever is going on, to be able to see the condition, but to go down there into the depths of our being and be the truth and be the calm and be the peace amidst everything. And, and, that's, how we, and that's how we can lean into any condition and not be disturbed by the condition. We can lean into it. We can acknowledge it. We can say, yeah, it's a condition. It's undesirable. It's causing me dismay. And yet be not, not be caught up in it right? Because we can lean into it and yet see beyond it and glimpse the truth, glimpse the truth of it. Something wants to be born in that moment. Something wants to make itself known in that condition. If that condition is causing us dismay, if that condition is something less than holy and whole, it means something is wanting to make itself known through that condition. And this is how instead of being in fear, we can face everything and rise because that spiritual commitment that we've made, because of that spiritual life that we live, allows us to view things from the depth of our soul, from the truth, from the place of infinite love, infinite joy, infinite peace. There is literally nothing to be afraid of, right? When we have our peace, when we are there in that place of divine guidance, divine love, divine peace, there is literally nothing to be afraid of. 
And and Ernest Holmes said that. (laughs) He said, there is nothing for God to be afraid of. And if we can and do tune into the thoughts of others, and if they affect us, as they most certainly do, why should we not learn to tune into the mind of God, which is free from fear and doubt? Now, we know this is true, right? We know how much and how often we tune into the thoughts of others, right? All the time. We do it all the time. We listen to the news and we get afraid of what might happen because the news anchors tell us to be afraid, all right? Oh my God, this could happen. If this happens, that could happen. Oh my God, be afraid. And we listen to it as if it were truth, right? Yeah, it's just the facts. We listen to commercials, And the spokespeople on commercials tell us what to be afraid of. Hey, guess what? Now it's cold and flu season on top of the fact that we're dealing with a pandemic, right? Oh, now be afraid of that too. On top of the COVID thing, be afraid of the flu is coming to get you. Everybody is telling you to be afraid of something, right? We talk to our friends. We talk to coworkers. We talk to family. They share with us what they're afraid of. And then we start thinking, gee, maybe I should be afraid of that too. I don't know. He's got a good point. Maybe I should be afraid. See how it spreads? Do you see how how quickly that can spread? That's ridiculous. There is a lot of stuff going on on the physical level right now. We have the protests. We have the, you know, we we have peaceful protests that sometimes turn not so peaceful protests. We have the upcoming elections. We have the pandemic that we're still dealing with. We have a, a, a failing economy, you know. I mean, right, I know Wall Street's doing great. Yeah, 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 yada, yada. But the economy is not doing all that great. People are being laid off, whatever, right? There is so much going on on the, on the physical level. We could all be... We could all be upset and distraught and, you know, oh my God, you know, all this is happening and be afraid, 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 afraid. We can absolutely get whipped up into a frenzy of fear like Chicken Little. Remember Chicken Little? The sky is falling. The sky is falling. The sky is falling, right? That's a choice we're making. That is a choice. We are not meant to live in fear. We are not meant to live in fear. Spirit is the place we go to, right? If the illusion of fear comes up, if the illusion of doubt or lack or limitation of any sort or divisiveness of any kind comes up, we go to spirit. We go to our spiritual practice. Remember that anchor, right? That anchor chain. We just link by link in our spiritual practice, we travel down that anchor chain to the anchor to the truth of our being, to the peaceful place, to the place that cannot be disturbed by whatever is going on at this level. Because you know what? Whatever is going on at this level, this too shall pass. And we know that it does. We absolutely know that it does. We are not meant to live in fear. Even the Bible, right? Timothy, to Timothy. Um, uh, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. That's the truth of who we are. That that is spirit incarnating itself as us. So if the truth of our being, if the center of our being, if the core, what is it Walt Whitman said? Was it Whitman? I always get that confused. I think it was Whitman. Anyway, uh, said that the seed of of perfection that nestles within us. I used to think it was Emerson, but it wasn't. (laughs) I think it's Walt Whitman. 
the seed of perfection nestled within us, that is spirit, that is God. And if, and if at our core is the seed of perfection, if at our core we are spirit in form, there is nothing else true about us, every cell, every molecule of our body is spirit having an experience, that energy, which is life, is us. So if we are spirit in form, is there anything for us to be afraid of? Anything. No, how can that be so? God, you know, Ernest Holmes said it, right? There's nothing for God to be afraid of. And the truth of you is that you are spirit and form. What is there for you to be afraid of? Nothing, nothing for you to be afraid of. No condition is more powerful than spirit. Absolutely not. And Ernest Holmes said this. He said, fear has brought confusion. Fear, <laughs> let me say that again. Fear has brought confusion. Faith gives birth to confidence. Anxiety has brought days of conflict and nights of dread. Faith alone can heal this confusion and drive from our minds all thoughts of fear and dissipate all anxiety. Love can bring harmony in our lives. So we must go back to spirit all the time. Whenever something is up, whenever the fear comes up, we absolutely, we face it, we move through it, we see what it's trying to tell us, we see the gift it has in its hand, we see what it's trying to reveal in our lives. We face everything and rise. We face everything and rise. When we descend into fear, we have forgotten who we are. When we descend into fear, we have forgotten what we are. We are absolute spirit having an experience. When we descend into fear, we have misplaced our faith. If we are people of faith, then we, there is no place for fear. Right? Faith and fear, same coin. Same coin. We're just looking at the other side of it. Right? Faith, faith is, is, is knowing everything turns out well. Fear is knowing everything goes to hell. Both of them require us to believe in something we cannot see. Our faith, misplaced, leads us into fear. That's all it is. And when we descend into fear, we know we have put our faith in men and not in God. And that's just, that's just the way it is. When we have misplaced our faith, that's when we descend into fear. So it is up to us to go back to that spiritual practice of ours, to go back to that anchor chain, to, to absolutely anchor ourselves back into the depths, back into the the, the depth of our own being, where we know spirit resides, where we know love is, where we know unconditional love is, where we know peace is, we know the truth of us as spiritual beings. From that, from that position, we can face everything. We can face everything and rise. Buckminster Fuller has a, had another quote that I, was, I really love, actually, and he said this. He said, I'm not trying to counsel any of you to do anything really special except to dare to think. And to dare 
to go to the truth and to dare to really love completely. And that's really the, the philosophy of our science of mind and spirit, is it not? To dare to love completely. To dare to not leave anyone out of your circle. To dare to put your arms around all of humanity, like Ernest Holmes said. Because we are all brothers and sisters. We are all one. There is only one life. It is God. It is whole, perfect, and complete. It is our life right here and right now. There is literally nothing to be afraid of. For spirit is never, ever afraid. And that is the truth of who we are. Thank you.